landmark occasion for so many of us here today. Whether we're Christians, whether we're not. Whether we, um, we know what God has called us to or not. Whether we are witnessing to our friends or not. Whether we are following the Spirit's leading or not. Guys, I believe today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. We've been doing a lot of rejoicing. But I also feel that His Spirit is here and it's alive. And if you take notes or if you do anything like that, or even if you don't, maybe today can be your first day to start. I know they're recording the, uh, the message, and I guess that's so you can listen back to it. Maybe you want to take notes later. That's fine, too. But guys, I really have this message burning on my heart, and it starts with a story about my son. Can I invite Cole up here to the front? Is that okay? Let's get Cole up here. How you feeling, bud? You all right? Yeah. Yeah? You going to be all right sat there for the next little bit? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Cool. Is there anything else happening for the kids, or is this it? Is this, this is good enough for what we're doing? All right, we're good enough. So, Cole, want, do you want to go sit with those guys, or do you want to stay over here? You can go sit with them if you want. You want he wants to stay here. All right, stay right here. Go for it, pal. Now, my preach today starts uh, with a story about my son. Do you guys want to see the rest of my family? You're like, no, we don't care about them. Yeah, of course you do. Um, this, oh wow, you can't really see it, it's a bit grainy here, but that's, um, that's me all the way on the left, that's my wife all the way on the right, got a really clear picture of her, that's awesome. And then you got Cole there at the top, that's who you just met, he's here with me. Eden, she just had her fourth birthday party yesterday, and Elliot, Elliot is one and a half. <laughs> and, oh, you can see it much better on the screen there, there you go, thanks Mark. Yeah, super clear. And Elliot is our youngest, usually people just see his face and they go, aww. Bless. Poor baby has to grow up with a dad with a mohawk. No, he loves it. He loves his mohican, even in the bath. We can do all that, can't we? And um, one day at church, we go to church at Audacious Church in Manchester. Cole comes up to me and he says, Daddy, I've seen a sign on the wall. And I saw it as well because we were in the foyer at the time and I could see it. He goes, I, I've got a question for you. He says, how do you win the world? He'd seen a sign, and all the sign said was, win the world. So he's like, I better go ask Dad for some instructions here. How do I do that? How do, how do you win the world? And I thought, oh, man, that is such a great question. I'm going to give him a great answer. And I had nothing. I didn't know how to even begin to answer that. And then I began to think about it a little bit more. This all happens in a split second. I'm sure you know. Maybe this has happened to you if you're a parent. But I started to think, that's actually a really deep question. How do you win the world? We had some people up here earlier playing human bop it and they were trying to win your vote. You know, maybe they won it with their ice cream or maybe they won it with their free trip to Germany or maybe they didn't win it that way at all. Maybe it was just because you know them and, and you kind of, you, you're with them and, and you're like, oh, I really hope that person wins. But they were just trying to win the loyalty and the respect of all the people in this room. Imagine if you had to win the respect and the loyalty, and the honor, and the hearts, and, you know, the minds, and the lives of all the people on planet Earth, how do you even begin to win the world? Especially when you start to think of it in the construct of love. How do you win people's love? 
And I literally had no way of, of answering this question. But the Lord led me to look next to the sign that said, win the world, was another picture. And it's this picture here that you're going to see on the screen. I don't know if you can see it that clearly, but this is a picture of me doing a stage dive <laughs> at church. That's just the way we roll at Audacious Church. And I can see by the waves, uh, the waves, the flags and all that stuff here that you guys can roll that way too, man. Maybe your new building is going to have a big enough stage that Pastor Mark can do a stage dive. He's already sung the notices. That's some next level stuff right there. So we do it. We do it in our praise and worship. We do stage dives. Even our senior pastors, they do stage dives too. So we did all that. And I looked at that picture, and God suddenly gave me a way to answer Cole's question. And I said to Cole, I said, Cole, that's Daddy doing his best job at winning the world. Do you know why? Because let's remember how Jesus won the world. How did Jesus seek to win the hearts of all mankind? He was in heaven on his throne, enjoying life up there with all the angels, his father. And they were just absolutely going for it. And then at some point, Jesus came down from heaven, and he became one of us. He made the first heavenly stage dive. <laughs> and he was willing to become one of us. He was, he was willing even to identify himself with the least and the lost and the broken. I mean, he was born in a manger. I know it's not Christmas time right now, but we know the story of Christmas, don't we? The incarnation, God took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He became one of us. And so I began to unpack that a little bit for Cole. He already knew the story of Christmas. But then I began to tell him about how Daddy, when he jumps off stage, that's his act of worship because Daddy loves to go into high schools. Daddy loves to go into prisons. Daddy loves to go to churches. Daddy loves to go into theaters and festivals and anywhere that will invite him to tell people about Jesus. And in a way, that's my act of faith. I'm willing to reach out and to go anywhere tell anybody about the good news of what Jesus did. And so Cole got it, and I was like, phew, I'm glad I managed to answer that question just in time. And then we probably had to rush into the service because the service was starting. But I went home that night. We were tucking my youngest, Elliot, into bed, and my wife was there too, and I began to unpack for my wife the question that Cole had asked me that day, the answer that I gave. And she just looked at me, and she says, you should write a song called Stage Dive. And I was like, Do I have to give you half of the rights now? No, I didn't say that. We, we share everything. But I began to think about it and craft this song called Stage Dive. Do you guys want to hear it? All right, okay. <laughs> That's why you're here to sing. You better sing it. No, I, I will sing it, but I'm just going to talk to you. I want to unpack this whole concept a little bit more for you guys because God began to give me a little bit more flesh to the bones, put some breath into that army, and I believe that this stage dive preach is something that will minister to each and every one of us that are here today. Is that cool? You happy with that? All right. So, I have done many stage dives in my lifetime. Would you like to see a quick video of me doing a stage dive for a big crowd? Okay, just to prove that I do this all the time, this is a little video. This is in Birmingham. DJ in the background. It looks like they're tearing my body apart, but they're not. They're crowd surfing me. And then just to give you a little bit of a different perspective as well, let's play the next video because this is something that I've never seen anybody else do and I thought this is awesome. We're going to do it this way. This is me doing a stage dive 
with a GoPro camera attached to the end of my microphone. Does anybody else think that's pretty cool? I, that wasn't even my idea. That was, this, that was the um, monitor engineer's idea. He just gave me the camera. Hey, try this. Anyway, um, when it comes to stage dives, I can actually give you some very practical tips. There are some lessons that I've learned and my friends along the way have learned as well on how to do an epic stage dive. First of all, though, has anybody here actually ever done a stage dive? Is, can anybody speak from experience? He's got his hand up. Has he done a stage dive? Dude, come up here to the front, man. Right, let's give a round of applause to my friend, Mr. O'Neill. No, what's your actual name? Ben. This is Ben. Round of applause for Ben. Ben, when and where and how did you do your stage dive? Uh, with about 40 blokes um, at a big men's event. So we just kind of carried each other around the room and back. And, yeah. Like crowd surfing and all that. And you actually jumped into, the, into their arms. How, how did it feel? Painful. There were, there were hands places you don't want hands normally. But they're all men? Is that helpful at all? I don't know if that's even helpful. Just awkward. Just awkward. Let's give Ben a round of applause. That's amazing. <laughs> well, point number one. Sometimes your stage dive will be awkward. <laughs> no, that isn't point number one. But that's great. That's a great story. What about a skydive? Has anybody here ever done a skydive? bit similar to a stage dive where you jump out of a plane with a parachute. At, nobody's done a, a skydive? Have you done one? You've flown the plane where people are jumping out. Let's give that man a round of applause. Incredible. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. So you're there to like read them their last rites. <laughs> Till death do you part. Um, anyway, that's cool. Well, I've done two skydives, I've done two bungee jumps, and I've done plenty of stage dives. And these are some lessons that I've learned along the way. Three points I'm going to make. And the first one is this, trust. You've got to trust that those people are going to catch you. Or if you're jumping out of a plane, that the parachute is going to work, that your instructor, if it's a tandem skydive, knows what he's doing and he's not you know, there to kill you. And so the first point that I want to make is trust. Can we get that up on the screen? Did we already have that? Sorry if I missed it. Now, here's the thing about trust. Uh, my friend, Mark is his name. In fact, he is the brains behind, one of the brains behind icing worship, which you guys use all the time, apparently. And, and he's quite intimidating. Does anybody have anybody in their life that just when they hang around with them or other people hang around with them, they just find him a little bit intimidating, and it's kind of like, oh, don't say the wrong thing, don't do the wrong thing. He's like that, right? Now, I used to be totally intimidated by Mark until I heard this story. Do you want to hear the story? He won't mind me telling you, I don't think. He used to be in a band called the Worldwide Message Tribe, and he was on stage in Holland in front of thousands of Dutch teenagers going absolutely nuts. And the lead singer of the band at the time was a guy called Cameron. And he did this epic stage dive. He ran out, jumped, they all caught him. And they're all cheering, going crazy. And he's like, man, this is like one muddy field, crazy people. But they don't mind. They caught him, you know. So he's thinking, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. So he goes back to the middle, exact place where Cameron was. And he did his run. And he jumped. But this time, the crowd parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> and he landed face down in the mud 
in Holland. And the worst part of the story is that the show wasn't over yet. They were like halfway through. Their costumes they were wearing at the time were bright white. And now he was completely white on one side and completely black with mud on the other. And he had to get back on stage and dance and do the whole thing. Can you believe that? I was never intimidated by that man every time I saw him after that. But he could have maybe done a little bit more to exercise his trust muscle, <laughs> to trust this crowd. Usually when I do a stage dive at, at any gig, you know, when I'm, when I'm there in front of thousands of kids or whatever, I still, even though I know, I fully believe, you know, there's guys there that are strong enough to catch me, I still make sure I have a little chat with a few key people beforehand, and I'm like, hey, just towards the end of my set, make sure you're down the front, you know, this is what's going to happen, I need, I, you got my back? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, you sure? And they're like, we will die for you. And they're like ready to go, like soldiers. And I'm like, okay, I can trust these guys. This is good. Now, the reason I bring up trust, and maybe some of you Christians have already figured this out, uh, is because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now, here's the sad news. The bad news is that people... Anybody who's a human being will let you down at some point. Even if it's a close human being, maybe your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents or somebody that you trust quite a bit, at some point they're going to say something or do something that in your heart is just going to make you feel, man, I thought you had my back. I was, I was all out there. And maybe times they will have your back, but other, they, they can't be everywhere all at the same time, all at once. The only person that will never let you down and even though sometimes you may feel let down by him, he's not letting you down, is God. He's trustworthy. He's worthy of our respect. He's worthy of our trust. And in your stage dive that you make, whatever that might look like, whatever that might be, in your leap of faith, you need to know that God has got your back. He is trustworthy. When I did my first stage dive, my first skydive, sorry, Switching gears here to skydive, a little bit more important than a stage dive. I chatted to my instructor. I was like trying to break the ice a little bit, get to know him. I was like, have you got kids? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm like trying to do something. He's like a Scottish guy, just hard as nails, just like not saying anything. And I thought, man, I'm literally trusting my life into this guy's hands. But he did teach me something. He taught all of us something. He said, when you jump out of the plane, you have to arch or die. That's what he said. Arch or die. And, and I mean, that was like, even if there was only three words that you remember when you jump out of the plane, you remember arch your back or die. Because that's the only way he can maintain control of what's happening is if you arch your back, then he, he can move his hands a certain way and his legs if he needs to. So you don't enter what they call a spiral of death where, you know, you end up not landing in parachute and it's not good. So you have to arch or die. And, and I immediately, maybe some of you can see where this is going. I thought, you know, Jesus is our life tandem instructor. He is the only person that I trust my life to because he has already died on a cross for my sins and he's come back to life and he says that he has a life that's worth living for me life to the full he says a thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full so I trust Jesus in my skydive of life I trust him in my stage dive of life does that make sense so first practical tip 
the anatomy of a good epic stage dive is trust. You got to make sure you trust your audience. Now, second tip is this. I'm hoping it's going to show up on the screen. Risk. There was a famous preacher. I think he was from California. He said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If you call yourself a person of faith and you're not taking epic risks where if you fail, you will fail miserably. <laughs> if God is not there, then you will not be able to make that thing happen. Then I would actually challenge you to say, are you really a person who's living by faith? God calls us time and time again to take risks for him. I'm not talking about bad risks. I'm not talking about going to a casino and selling all your money. No, no, I'm talking about risks where God is asking you to do something and saying, do you trust me? And you are willing to forsake all and follow him. For the rich young ruler, it meant selling everything that he had, giving the money to the poor and following Jesus. He couldn't do it. Jesus didn't chase him down. When the guy, the guy says to him, how do I have eternal life? Jesus gives him that answer, and he walks away sad. Jesus doesn't say, oh, no, 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 actually, you just say a prayer with me, and then you're in. He let him walk away, and then he turns to his disciples, and he said, it's tough for these guys. They got a lot of stuff. Are you like the rich young ruler today? Do you need to forsake all and follow Jesus? Is there anything in your life that comes before Jesus? Jesus is asking you to take the risk of letting go of that thing. And that's a risk for some of you here today. But faith is spelled R-I. S-K. That's the way it works. It's the way he set things up. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must, first of all, believe that he exists, but then secondly, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Just give me a little kind of private wave. If there have been moments in your life where you have stepped out in faith and you've seen God come through in such amazing ways, show me if that's you. That's awesome. Guys, he lives up to our expectations of him. He really does if our expectations are rooted in the word. He really does. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's like this next level because he sees we're hungry for him. And when he sees that we're hungry for him, he can satisfy us. And we're, we're extra satisfied when we're extra hungry. So first one is trust. We got to trust in Jesus. Secondly, a real, a real good stage of an epic stage dive involves some point of risk. We talk about mime class, a point of risk is where you extend that statue so far that if you go just a little bit further, it's over, you're done. <laughs> you're you're going to lose your balance. And, and with a stage dive, at some point, your feet have to leave that stage and you've got to end up airborne. You've got to, you've got to pass the point of no return. <laughs> When's the last time you've passed the point of no return for God? And for some of you, this means different things. That's why I'm not trying to give too many practical definitions of that. But you know what it is. In your life, where is Jesus calling you to be obedient and to make bigger risks for him? Step out in faith. It's a leap of faith. So the first one is trust. Second one is risk. The third one is reach. Now, here's the thing about reach. My friend, uh, I'll, I'll not say his name. Well, no, he wouldn't mind me telling the story, but I'll not say his name anyway. But he, he we were doing this big gig, also in Holland, strangely. That was funny. But anyway. Uh, he had his own band, and his band was on before my band. The band I was in at the time was called The Band With No Name. And he was on before us, and I watched him do this stage dive, and he jumps out. But right at the last minute, he just kind of like tucks everything in and, and does a, like a cannonball. 
It was like a staged cannonball. And I'm like, this is all going horribly wrong. And sure enough, he landed on some poor young teenage Dutch girl's face. And, she, and just she fell to the ground. He fell to the ground. It, like they had to get the paramedics out. He's giving her like free CDs and T-shirts and stuff to say, please don't sue me. And, you know, and I'm very sorry. I don't speak your language, but I did something wrong. Da, 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 da. And that was where I learned that actually reach. If you want to have a good stage dive, you got to spread yourself right out. Don't just give all your weight to one person. Spread yourself right out. And here's the thing also about reach that I've found to be true, is that often the ones that we think of in our head that we think are unreachable, the ones that are just too far gone, or maybe they did come to church over and over and over, but we know the reasons that they left, and that's probably it. We're probably never going to see that person again. Sometimes those are the very ones that God is reminding you of that you need to be the one to reach out to. And so reach is important. We believe in unity in the body of Christ. We, we are called to be one. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. That's important. It's only when we're one that we can make one epic stage dive to reach our world. The last, the least, and the lost. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying today? Is that cool? So that's, that's what the reach is all about. The verse is in Matthew Therefore, go. Everybody say, go. go. Say it like, go. go. Say it like, go, go. No, you don't do that. <laughs> Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. These are some very extreme reach words that he's making here. <laughs> he says, um, teaching them to obey everything. He, ta- he calls us to all nations. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. These are like some of Jesus's last words before he's about to ascend into heaven. And he makes sure they are extreme statements. These are big things. He's like, guys, I want you to go long. I want you to go far because I tell you what, I got something big in store for this whole planet. And right now there's not really many of you, but if you go long and if you go far, we can win this world. Yeah. Cole is desperate to get baptized, aren't you, pal? And he says, Daddy, I want you to be one of the people that baptizes me. I asked at our church, I said, is there an age limit for baptisms? They said, no. I said, my son's getting baptized. <laughs> and there was another seven-year-old that got baptized a few years ago. And, he, and I, I said to him, he knows this. I hope you don't mind me saying this, Cole. Cole won about five of his friends at school to Jesus. Prayed the prayer with him and everything. But the parent of a couple of them has got in touch with us by text saying, please tell Cole to stop talking about Jesus, you know, unless he's asked. Like, she's okay. If they, if they ask him about it, it's okay. But she's like, we're probably not going to be going to your church. And, all. and I said to Cole, I said, Cole, that just means we pray for them even more. We got to go covert now. This is like a secret and mission impossible. <laughs> and we're praying for their mom, aren't we? We're praying for their mom. If you guys think of it, pray for their mom too. Because Cole wants to invite them to come see him be baptized. Guys, when we do what we do, it's a display to the world. It's a showcase. 
It's an example. Look what God has done in my life, and he can do the same for you. That's what it means to reach out. And it breaks my heart to think that so many people in this city are not in church today. They could care less about Jesus. When Jesus is the very person that they need, he is the one that offers them life. Not an easy life, but an adventurous life. He's the one that gives them their hopes and their dreams because he's the one that put the dream in their heart in the first place. He can make them a better business person. He can make them a better dancer. He can make them a better artist. He can make them a better teacher. He can make them a better politician. If only they will put their trust in him. But I tell you what breaks my heart even more, I gotta be careful I don't start crying here, is the thought that Christians are keeping it a secret and not sharing their faith with the people that need to know. This church, I believe it, and the next one that you buy or whatever you guys are going on to, can be filled to the brim with teenagers, with old people, with little babies, with kids, with adults. I'm glad Mark gets me. We got one. (laughs) Are you guys ready for that? And here's what God spoke to me. We were driving in today, and I keep seeing all these university things, and I say, Lord, and then, I, and then I, he was like, no, just prophesy it. I prophesy that you guys will have a student ministry that won't just settle for students coming into your church, but you guys will be putting on events in the universities. Great evangelistic events of the church working together and being the church and being salt and light in that place that needs it so much. And when people see that, they're going to say, I want me some of that. Lord, would you bring that to pass in your timing and in your way? Would you raise up an army of young people in Leeds? We're going to see it happen, guys. It's going to happen on our watch. (laughs) So, guys, thank you so much for letting me share all of that. That's it. It's the trust, the risk, and the reach. If you had to add one more, it would be fun. Guys, a good stage dive is one where the person surfing the crowd has a lot of fun. I'm sorry that it was painful for you, Ben, but I love it when I get to do a stage dive, and they, they pass me around, and I pray for them as I go, and, and I believe that God is raising up a generation of people, not just young people, but all of us, that will trust him on a deeper level, that will take bigger risks in our faith walk with him, and that will reach out even to the last, the least and the lost. Let's pray, and then I'm going to do this song, and then I'm just going to do a really quick response and ask for you to make a decision. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. Thank you for Mark and Kathy opening up their church for me to come and do this. But Lord, we don't want to settle for second best. We, want to, we only want the very best that you have today. Would you open our hearts Help us to dream again, those big dreams, how we can win this city for you, just like you've asked us to. This is my last song, and it's called Stage Dive. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. 
We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.